Yeah, we got to wait for about three seconds because it never seems like LinkedIn ever starts when our stream starts. So um, small talk is what we're doing. Hey, um, you know, have you ever thought to yourself when you hear someone in a law firm fall victim to social engineering hacks that did you ever think to yourself, I'd never fall for that. I'm just, you know, I'm way too smart. I'm way too savvy that I won't be tricked and, and, and none of my staff will be tricked ever. Well, guess what? Uh, so did the people that we're going to talk about today um, that were absolutely tricked. And I mean, we're talking about some really intelligent people, people that deserve the utmost credit in their in the legal industry uh, that have been tricked. But the thing about it is, is that they shouldn't feel bad. These people that were tricked, they're in massive company because so many other lawyers and legal pros are being tricked every day by social scams from hackers. Uh, so today, me and Vinny and Dave, guys, how you doing today? How you doing? doing great. Good. Thanks. Welcome back, Vinny. Vinny, you got this awesome little white frame around yours. We want to know how you did that one. So uh, we're going to dissect the three scams that we're aware of that got legal pros um, in, in, in and around uh, Cincinnati and some other areas so that we all can improve our awareness so that we don't fall victim to these, these mistakes um, uh, that, they've, that they actually made um, from social engineering hacks. But welcome back. This is No Law Firm Left Behind, and I'm Jim Gast, and we're here each week to help you and your law firm be more competitive your staff and attorneys be more productive. Ultimately, all that to help you get and keep clients. Um, like I said, I've got Dave here and Vinny here again this week, guys. Good, going to be a good topic today, I think. Yes, it is. Good. Good morning, everyone. Hey, so you know, I'm going to kick us off with a little story from about five years ago. You guys may or may not be remember this one, Dave. I think you do, Vinny. I'm not so sure much that you will, but. Here we are. We're sitting about five years ago um, in the summertime, and um, and we get you know we we get some alerts over some emails and uh, and and some other things that some law firms in the greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky area, some larger ones, um, were victims or potential vic possible uh, almost victims I should say of a of a scam right, and so the way that scam went down was that um, somebody from overseas, I know, right? That What was that prince that everybody talks about in the email? The, the Nigerian prince, prince scam. The Nigerian, the Nigerian prince, prince scam, right? prince. Everybody talks about the Nigerian prince scam. Hey, I've got some real estate that I want to buy, right? And so um, these firms were targeted um, that, by, some, by some scammers by basically what appears to be something similar to the Nigerian prince scam. And that is a scam where, hey, we're in a hurry to buy some real estate or something like that. We would like to send you a check that you put in escrow and you write a check from your escrow account for us and deposit it to the, the, the seller's account. You remember this, Dave? Yep. I do remember this. What, 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 else, what other details can you remember about it? You know, it's been several years, but it was a real estate deal. It did involve trying to get monies from point A to point B. And then the initial check that came in ended up, not surprisingly, bouncing. Cashier's check. 
cashier's checks. And it had all the markings of being legitimate. And we actually went through and did some digging on our own because at the time seeing the cashier's check even had us a little bit puzzled kind of how they pulled that one off. Yeah. But yeah. And I, I, like I said, I don't remember all the details of that one, but it was very much, you know, people that have, uh, uh, I, I don't remember, we talked about puppy scams, <laughs> you know, several episodes puppy ago, scams. and we talked about uh, employment scans and things of that nature, where people will say, hey, here's a check, go buy this stuff, and then send me what's left. Yeah. And then the check ends up bouncing and yada, yada, yada. And so, you know, it's really we're still seeing these types of scams today, but I, I do remember that. And that was one of the earliest ones where law firms started being targeted by things that have nothing to do with clicking on a link and installing malware. These are just pure straight up social engineering attacks. I'm going to trick you into giving me money. It's yeah. basically what happens. They're, they're absolutely more targeted now, right? So instead of getting a generic email uh, from somebody that you have no idea who it is, um, you know, it may be something that's related to your business, right? Um, it may be, you know, if you're an employee, it, it may have your boss's name in it, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um Definitely, the 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 attacks and the and and the contents of the email have gotten more sophisticated. You used to be able to look at them and say, "Hey, that's bad language, bad grammar," you know. <laughs> now they, you know, they've gotten they know that people are looking for that, right? So they they've gotten better at, at that as well. So um, definitely, much more sophisticated in the sense of they are doing their homework on you. Um, and it's not that hard to do that homework. No, it's LinkedIn not that hard to find out who somebody's, you know, direct supervisor is anymore. LinkedIn is wonderful. Tells you everything you need to know. Law firms, especially, you know, the, their websites talk about to the people at their at their law firms. Yep. You go to virtually any law firm and it's going to have a specific section on here's our leadership. Here's our yeah. managing partner. Here's our executive committee. Here are, for good reason. For good reason. I mean, you know, it, it needs to be. There. No, it's not a bad thing. It just yeah. makes it easy for somebody to figure out who works with who and what that structure is. A lot of attorneys will have their assistance names right there with them. And so now somebody can go to a law firm and they can send an email to an assistant that says it's from the attorney that the assistant works for. Yep. It, it's very easy to do that. Let me yeah. add this many real quick. Let me add this. This one that we're talking about, again, it was about five years ago, was an interesting one to me because it was an actual targeted, uh, targeted scam. It was executed nearly simultaneously to all these law firms. There was probably five or six at least law firms involved. And I know two of them, by the way, none of them are our customers. Not to say that that means anything necessarily, just fortunately, none of them are our, our customers. Um, two of them for sure were, were, were ripped off for about over $100,000. And I forget the exact number, that 149000 comes to mind, each of them, that they'll never get back, by the way. 
um, uh, potentially never get back. I, I don't know how that worked out. We don't get to hear that information. And then one of I them, have a co- I have a comment about that when we get to. How yeah, 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 yeah. I've got some interesting things to say about too. One of them also um, just about got taken. They took the, ba- the, the check to the bank apparently before they cashed it and apparently did some re- research on it before they cashed it. Um, and so the other ones that did cash it, what happens is the money basically for the cashier's check after they sent their money out, it basically never materialized because it was fake cashier's checks. So Jim, let me ask a question real quick, because, you know, we're going back in time a little bit. Yeah. You mentioned that there were several law firms involved mm-hmm. in this deal. Um, in, in this you, hack, in the social, social attempt. Okay. Do you recall, I, I, I could be misremembering, but- at least one of the firms that got strung up in this thing was right in the middle of trying to close a real estate deal. I think they were actually, but it wasn't, it wasn't related to this real estate deal though. Okay. Okay. I couldn't recall if that was it or not. And as large as they are, that wouldn't be uncommon. I wouldn't think. Right. Yeah. These were large firms, by the way, these were, you know, I'd say 30, 40 plus, attorney firms. Easy. Um, this was such a big deal and so widespread that our wonderful uh, um, um, uh, executive director at the Northern Kentucky Bar Association, Julie Jones, actually sent out a communique to m- all of their base of members to say, hey, watch out for this. This is happening. It was a great communique. We pushed it out all over the place. It was great. So, um Vinny, do you want to add something to that, or can I move on to want to some of the more recent ones that we're seeing? Uh, I just wanted to, and, and I know you want to talk about specifics, right? Uh, uh, of how how people were tricked, oh, yeah. Yeah. but uh, how they how are they gathering the information that that you know? You said you mentioned websites. You know, they can even call your office and ask people questions, right? Mm-hmm. And and people willingly give that information out most of the time, right? Um, but you know, one thing that, and I'm going to touch on something that you posted, Jim, right? Uh, and I and I tell everybody that I know this is uh, people give away their information for free all the time. Yep. Um, you know, it's one thing to post where you work, right? They can find that information if you have a LinkedIn profile. So posting that on Facebook really doesn't make a huge difference. But, um, you know, uh, how many times have you, has somebody answered the, those silly uh, questions uh, on random, seemingly random questions, right? Mm-hmm. Where did you grow up? Uh, you know, and all these other things, right? What was your favorite food place? What was your favorite restaurant that was closed when you grew up? Yep. If you think about it, right, um, a lot of these questions are asked as for your security questions or whatever it is. that. Um, but not only that, um, it, it makes connecting points uh, for the for for potential people who are trying to to engineer an email that you potentially would fall for. Yeah, right. um, so uh, we're given. I don't do it. Um, I say we because I you know as people, right? Um, I I really don't like those things anyway. But um, I'm more of a, uh, I keep my stuff so private. But um, <laughs> but I tell folks don't do it. Don't give your information away. Um, you know, somebody somewhere is farming this information. Yeah, um, right. And and uh, and they will and they will use it against you at some point. 
You're talking about my post that came out today, I think, or last night sometime. I think it was yesterday, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or the day before. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah uh, I'll put that on a No Law Firm Left Behind group, but you can find it on the SpliceNet site. It's a post there, and I also shared it under my personal profile. Uh, you're right. It's an example of I did screenshots of a whole bunch of silly questions that people answer on Facebook. Okay. Mm-hmm. What were you, send five emojis that tell the story of your last day, right? You know, I mean, things like that that we think are innocuous and, and benign, right? They catch, they're like, give a lot of information and, and marketers and hackers and marketers, maybe they're just using it to market to you. I understand they're trying to build a profile of who you are so they can better market you. But hackers, these things aren't started by people most of the time that are interested in just having fun. They're started by, you know, and who knows who they're started by necessarily, but they're started by some some shady characters sometimes. You just never know. So I would not tell somebody what you had for dinner last night, you know, or the <laughs> you visited, right? The five cities that you visited uh, in the last two years. I, I, it's just, or what name a pet name that, you know, why don't you just say, hey, give me your last three passwords that you use on AmericanExpress.com. Well, let's just answer that. So I digress on that one. Let's talk about two more real quick. And we're, 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 again, I want to do this in seven minutes or so, guys. Two more stories, I think, that are very similar, okay, in that uh, lawyers, lawyers, I'm going to say it again, lawyers were duped, okay? And that's not a, a slam, but, I mean, it wasn't just an administrative assistant or something like that. It was an associate lawyer in both of these cases were tricked um, – by impersonation emails. Mm-hmm. When you guys want to talk about impersonation emails real quick? You know, the, the idea is you're pretending to be someone that you're not. You're impersonating somebody. The hacker, the hacker is. Yes, yes. And so the idea is if Joe Schmo sends you an email asking you to do X, Y, and Z, you probably ignore it, especially if you don't know Joe Schmo. But if you receive an email from of a, an important person in your organization written with a certain sense of urgency, mm-hmm. the motivation can be very high, very quick. And it only takes a few minutes of not, focusing and letting that motivation overwhelm you to do X, Y, and Z, which is exactly what the threat actors want. Yeah. Yeah. And they do it through email. It's almost always through email. Mm-hmm. It's almost always through email. Um, Although they, they're utilizing text messages now. Oh, text yeah. Messages, oh, callback yeah. numbers. Hey, if you have any questions, call me about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You bet. I mean, they're really getting sophisticated. Well, and they're playing, and they're playing on a, cu- on a couple of things that are human factors, right? Mm-hmm. One is uh, urgency, mm-hmm. right? Uh, two is there they don't uh, the person receiving this email probably doesn't want to upset their boss or the CEO of the company, so they want to do this thing fast, right? Um, and they're playing on the fact that they know that people are busy um, and in a hurry, um, right. and just want to move things through. Uh, so there, there's a human factor that they're targeting as well um, that, that we have to be aware of. Yeah. If it is urgent, um, you're, you're going to jump to it 
more aptly than you would if it wasn't urgent. And you're going to disregard the signs if if it's urgent more more readily than if uh, than if it wasn't. It was just hey, do this. And 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 they want to they plan on the fact that most people want to appear knowledgeable. So if they put in there, call me if you have any questions. A lot of folks are going to be like, well, this is the CEO. If I call him, I'm going to look stupid. Right. Right. Um, so they're not going to call, they're not going to confirm. I, you know, I have to take that piece out. Even if Jim sends me something, right. I always call him and ask him, did you send me this link, this link? Don't respond by email. That's the word. Um, I call him and ask him 15 for 15 years. I just disregarded any of the emails that Jim sent to me and (laughs) it's made me from a lot of potential, uh, issues. Wait, you still do. In, in all seriousness, no. What Jim and Vinny are saying is is right on. So many people will try to verify using the channels of communication that were provided by the threat actor. Yeah. It's no good. If, if you really want to verify with the CEO, you need to check the employee phone list that is published. Or if through the actual website, you can get that direct number. Okay, then you could use that for verification. But you can't trust anything that comes in these emails. No. What what happened in these two situations, um, and I love the outcome of both of them, um, It they were gift card scams. You would think to yourself, lawyers aren't going to fall prey to gift card scams. Heck, almost no one should fall prey to gift card scams. I could get. I know many people who have. I have to tell you, it's funny. I put an eBay gift card scam blog on our website, splice.net. That's a shameless plug. And it gets more traffic than anything else, 10 times more traffic than anything else on our website. I don't understand it. And it's a pretty benign article, pretty, you know, pretty basic little, here's what happens. Here's how they do it. And more people go to it. Can't haven't gotten any business from it, but I'm glad we're educating. That is our business is to educate. And so here's what happened. These lawyers, one woke up to an email at like five o'clock in the morning from so-called managing partner, right? And said, hey, on your way to work today, some reconnaissance was done there. Some intelligence gathering was done there. Stop by this store and named a particular store in the area on the way, not just any old Best Buy or something like that. Named a particular store. Stop by this store and get me these this many gift cards. And the person did it on the way to work and responded to the the impersonated email hacker saying, you know, some questions and something like that and responded back. And then finally, when they got to work, there was something about the email that that just was off now that they slowed down a little bit, had done the task, kind of like what you're saying, Benny, urgency. I need you to do it on the way to work, right? That's a compressed time frame. If you don't Mm -hmm. do it, then you miss that that window, right? And then had a moment to think and realized, oh, this is a scam. This might be a scam and went to their about it afterwards. So that one was averted by, you know, by a little bit of, uh, okay, we get to work, we get the coffee and we can slow down a little bit. Right. Right. The second one I thought was really kind of cool. And, and, and do you guys know the, 
that what happened in this target one. So we, we, we know of a lawyer. I heard about it. Yes. Yeah. The lawyer went to target. Was it before work or during work or during lunch or something? It was during lunch. I think it was during lunch, right? Another impersonated email from the, was it the managing partner of that firm? It was somebody, somebody big. Yeah. Somebody important, right? That they have to listen to. Get some Target gift cards. I don't know how much, the denomination. It, 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 I, don't, I don't know that. Um, but what, what do you guys remember what stopped the person from buying the gift cards? The cashier. The cashier. Yeah. Because they're so they're, – they're used so much as a scam that I guess the cashier knew about the scam, right, Vinny? And said, hey, you know there's a Target gift card scam, don't you? And the guy's like, uh, no, you know what I mean? Yeah. So one of the things that's, you know, you, you have to think about normal behavior here from the cashier's perspective. How often does one person come through with five or 10 or 20 different gift cards at the same time? That's not typical behavior. And so it's really, that's the anomaly that tipped off the cashier, but not the attorney. Right. Because that cashier didn't have that same urgency that had been created through the threat actors impersonation email. Yep. Yep. And these emails are good. And then look at the email. Let's talk about the subject. The name of the email is your boss's name for example, Mm -hmm. Right. But if you look at the email address, it's not. It's like a Gmail, fake Gmail account or a domain they purchased to make it look like your law firm's e- domain, except they replace an O with a zero in the domain. Mm-hmm. And it happens all the time. And all the, the time. In there, signatures are the same. How'd they get the signature? That's a good question, right? Sure. You know, but they have official looking signatures. Right. And then um, you could also, this could also happen through a hacked email account too, couldn't it guys? Mm-hmm. So we, we've heard of situations where there was a hacked email account and, um, and the hacker was actually sending, you know, different emails to accounts payable or something like that, you know? So real quick, I want to add in, um, can we take a second and talk about risk mitigation? Absolutely. Because of this? One of the things that I encourage everyone to do is we all most viewers of the show are familiar. We've talked about cyber liability insurance many, many times. Um, Not all cyber policies will cover this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It's usually a specific provision in there that talks about these fraudulent activities and whether they're covered, whether they're subject to the same uh, limitations, uh, whether they have a different deductible, um, so really, like I always tell people, you can't just assume your cyber policy covers this stuff. You actually have to sit down. You actually have to read it. Um, so when it comes well, to have these, a lawyer it, read it, it, have a lawyer read it, Dave. Yep. You know, have somebody that understands cyber policy, sit down and take a look at this thing. Yeah. Okay. And, 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 and I got to say, everyone, Dave's been on the show, been with us for, been around us for 15 years. He was employee splice net. Now he's, he's always been a lawyer the whole time, but he hasn't been able to talk the legal talk and give legal advice. Dave, I love the legal advice that you gave right there. You know, 
um, legal, I don't know if you want to call it advice. You can qualify it if you want to. If it's oh, gosh. Hey, I'm a lawyer. We always qualify it. Your circumstances may vary. There you go. <laughs> so we appreciate that, Dave. Any final words, Benny? I think the, the one of the keys here is that even lawyers are not above education, educating themselves on this matter, right? Uh, the yeah. excuse that I get um, most of the time is the lawyers are too busy mm-hmm. um, and they can't yeah. take out the time to, to do the training. Like we provide training um, and I tell them it's 15 minutes a month at most, yeah. Yeah. right? And it goes so far to educate yourself and be aware of the of the newest ta- and the tactics are changing every day. So just because you did it once three years ago, right, or five years ago, or whatever it is, you should get you should get trained regularly. Um, mm-hmm. One to understand, make sure it's fresh in your mind, because um, something you did five years ago, you're not going to remember most likely, mm-hmm. especially when it was a short session that you're not interested in. Um, but educate yourself um, and take to make make it a priority. The firms need to make this a priority. Um, and uh, and it, it uh, sadly for a lot of firms, it's not. And okay. so that that would be the biggest the biggest thing to me is we. Yeah, you can put all kinds of systems in place. You can have all kinds of insurance in place, but you don't want it to happen. So mm-hmm. one of the better ways to to help prevent it. You, it's not going to be foolproof. Nothing is 100% foolproof. Right. But one of the better ways to help prevent it is the last line of defense is the user. The last line of defense is that attorney. Yep. Um, and to stop and think. And, and, you know, in order to be able to stop and think, you have to know what what's out there. You have to know what what they're using. We have to know these these types of things. And, and uh, training is hugely, hugely uh, important. I'm going to end us on this. Okay. We get it. Me, Dave, Vinny, we understand how busy managing partners and attorneys and their staff are. It, I understand. I, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't. I can't blame you necessarily because we, we run a business too. We have businesses. Dave's a lawyer and, and you know partner as well in the law firm. But I can say this much. It's the old adage, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? And you have to be ready for this stuff. The highest level CEO, managing partner should take 15 minutes, 30 minutes a month and just be abreast of this. Dave, let me me ask you one question before we break. And I know uh, this is kind of thrown in there. How many many CLE credits are required uh, for for an attorney a year? Uh, It's 24 every two years. 24 every two years. So 24 hours you're required. Everyone's required to do as a lawyer mm-hmm. in order to keep their, their uh, practice going. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about um, even if it's 15 minutes uh, once a quarter, we're talking about an hour a year added yeah. to that. Not, yeah. not, not only that, but two and a half of our hours every two years have to be on this professionalism, yeah. you know, and ethics and whatnot. And so uh, one of the things that, myself and and Jim, I know you as well, have gone around and done multiple times is presented CLEs that discuss cybersecurity issues. Mm -hmm. Um, I have one coming up in November up here in Northeast Ohio. Let's get that in there. Let's get that in the comments, Dave, just so you know. Okay. Yeah. So I've got, I'm going to have a call 
I'll have a lot more details. I've got a kickoff call about that this afternoon. Right. So as soon as I get more details on that, I believe it's going to be virtual this year. So anybody that's interested in cybersecurity and CLE, getting CLE credit for it, um, there's going to be a really awesome uh, opportunity with yours truly speaking as part of it. And uh, yeah. And I've given them to the OSBA. I've Mm -hmm. given them an ADN course. We've done these things all across the country, all over the place. And if you're, if you're a private, if you're a firm that, you know, it's a private CLE, somebody come Mm -hmm. in, you put it in the comments or private message us. We'll figure out a way to get it done for you. Yep. We've already got some pre, pre-approved CLEs that we just probably have to have them approved for this year. So, all right, guys, we're going to end on that. Thanks a lot. Great show. Um, if you're not a member, no law firm left behind on LinkedIn. I'm going to put the, the wonderful link up here. It is not a pretty link. Take a quick picture of it with your phone and uh, and go join our no law firm left behind link group on LinkedIn. Plus, you can find our podcast on all the most popular platforms. Guys, have a great day. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Take care. Bye, y'all. See y'all. Take care.